This is the official Caps Shirt Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, every way. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, and welcome to Thursday. Welcome to July. Let's go. Already July. And what have you done with your life this year? Nothing. I'll tell you what you could do. You could download DraftKings Sportsbook. It's not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top top rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate. It has plenty of instructions for new betters and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention. Bet $1. And if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, that is DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code THPN. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-DEAL-WITH-IT. Capsans, do it. Download DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code THPN. Thank us later. Thank us later. <clears throat> you know, that was a nice transition. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I have, I have a good one like every five episodes probably. Yeah. Uh, Capsans, we're going to be talking about hockey injuries and how beast these guys are. And how tough hockey players are. Um, and then we'll, you know, a little bit of dialogue as to whether that's really true or not. There's been some people on the internet saying that it's not. Yeah, and they're wrong. <laughs> and, Polly, what are you, what are you going to talk about? I am going to talk about LGBTQ plus athletes in today's sports world. And, um, how I think it's a good thing that people are letting the world see who they are. Fair enough. Absolutely. Well, then, with that, I say we just pops the tabs. Yep. One, two, three. Dude, did you... We didn't mention this, but did you see, Polly, the riots that are happening in, in Montreal after they got to the finals? So I just saw a little bit of it, and uh, crazy. I, you know, when I get excited about success of my team, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go vandalize and flip a cop car. I mean, I, flipping I a cop car is pretty pretty cool, I guess. I I don't think flipping a car is cool at all. Okay, fine. I was just kidding. I mean, I don't really think that, but you know, funny story. Yeah. So apparently. When my dad was young, he's a bit of a meathead. Okay. And uh, apparently, <laughs> once or twice, he and his friends would lift the corner of a car 
and put one wheel up on the curb. <laughs> Can you imagine coming out and seeing that? Yeah, I'd be very confused. And I'd be pissed. Where the hell would they grab onto? They'd get underneath in the frame, squat, and lift it. Alright, so you clearly don't know how a car is built. Underneath on the frame is, like, super under the car. It's quite, like, there's no way you're able to touch it without, like, getting under the car. Like, the bumper? Yeah, the bumper. If you lift a car by a bumper, it's going to rip it off. In the 70s? Maybe not. Maybe not. I guess you're right. Back when it was, like, solid metal? Yeah, okay, maybe not. But, I mean, if you're lifting my car up by the fender, I'll fucking kill you. Well, you think that you're going to kill the guy who can lift your car? If I had a gun. Yeah, okay. Well, Yes, I could. Yeah, I guess so. But that's the kind of kind of jokes he and his meathead friends play on each other. I mean, yeah, like if it, I mean, yes, I would, I would do that to you. Yeah, I mean, sure. if I could. If I could. Yeah. I cannot. <laughs> Alone, at least. Even with the muscle composition of a an elite power athlete. That's true. You know, it only goes so far. Genetics only goes so far, folks. You got to put some work behind that to make it happen. But <laughs> shout out, Pat. Yeah, shout out, Pat. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's weird that when your team wins, they're riding. I know That's it makes thing. more sense with Vancouver when they lost. Yeah, and it's kind of nice to see that. It didn't turn into one of those situations where, like, cops are shooting paintballs at people and stuff. Right. Or real bullets. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of times these sports riots are shut down, at least at WVU. Because it's just drunk college kids partying, really. Right. They shoot, like, apparently they're, like, frozen paintballs. (laughs) It really hurts. Yeah, or, like, rubber bullets. Yeah. Beanbag gun. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, that, that like, all jokes aside, cops got to have fun doing that. Yeah. I mean. Like, blasting somebody with a paint, with a paint, for the paintball gun or, like, a beanbag gun. Like, a beanbag gun will put you down, dude. Anything that you shoot out of a gun is going <laughs> to hurt. Yeah. I mean. All right. And, you know, I'm not going to get political on this, but. You know, when you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. So, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean, we've seen it. So, so, well, you know what? When was the last time there was a WVU riot? It's been a while, man. They've really cleaned the town up. Well, it seems to usually happen whenever they beat Texas in football. That Or that when they're good. To... When WVU is, like, pretty good. Yeah. WVU has not been good for a while. Well, and that's, since then, it's just been when they beat Texas. Right. Um, for whatever reason, WVU has decided that's, uh, their new rival in their new conference. Whatever. But (laughs) anyway, you know, yeah, your team's winning. Why are you doing that? Like just drink and hoot and holler and have fun. Sure. And then the last thing I'll say is a shout out to Bayou Benders who we had on for Hockeyocalypse. Back when COVID was just starting and, and the league had shut down, we were like trying to figure out what the hell to do for content. We interviewed a bunch of the THPN hosts and asked like a bunch of ridiculous questions about what you're going to do in the apocalypse. And there's a there's a sound clip, which is amazing, uh, where we ask him, what's going to happen first, 
the world ending or the Habs winning a cup. And he said the world ending, like immediately no thought. It was just a uh, pure reaction. And that was hilarious. Secondly, he said, but we're closer to winning a cup than the Leafs are. Quite, it's might as well call him Nostradamus of the Bayou of the Bayou out there. Our 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 deep South Nostradamus, the Cajun Nostradamus, (laughs) the Cajun no. Oh, that's a good one. All right, so Cajun Nostradamus, uh, aka Bayou Benders, was right on the money there. So shout out Bayou. Yeah, I mean. Probably pretty close to a year ago. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. All right. Well. Let's hear what you have to say. Absolutely. Here we go. This is the Hockey Troll Hip Check. Capstan. So I always get a little kick out of the injury reports that happen after, um, after like the, a said team loses out of the playoffs. Right. So like the injury reports of the playoff teams are always like something that I like to read into. Um, of course, you know, Ovi didn't go to Russia. Backstrom didn't go to Sweden. The only two that went, or the only player that went to Russia was Orlov. Yeah. And the team didn't let Sammy go. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah. Keep um, that kid in a box. Right. <laughs> Straight jacket in a cage. You're not allowed to go anywhere, dude. Spoon feed him. Uh, right. Fe- feed him through a tube like a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so anyways, they, it's interesting to see, obviously, the Caps have always had some, and most playoff teams that, that go even just make the playoffs have some sort of crazy injuries at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, this has been the Caps' probably biggest injury-prone season ever, and we've talked about this ad nauseum about how if an 82-game season were to take place, maybe these guys would be a little off the schneid, be a little healthier coming in. We wouldn't be having this type of report at this time. Uh, but, you know, one of the big things was, like, Alec Martinez of recent played through the playoffs with a broken foot. Ovi did this a few years ago, probably a few years before winning the Cup even. Mm-hmm. He was in a walking cast, an air cast. Uh, and so yeah. has uh, Lord Voldemort. What's that? Lord Voldemort also. Did this, Sidney Crosby? Oh, yes. He played with a broken foot in the playoffs. Why do you call him Lord Voldemort? Because he is he who should not be named. Oh, I don't get Harry Potter references, bro. I never watched. I watched like one of the movies and never read any of the books. Did you? Are you a Harry Potter fan? You are uncultured swine, Did, bro. Harry Potter sucks. Okay, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it, Caps fans. Harry Potter's trash. Well, the majority of human culture would disagree. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you just can't you can't be with the trend here. And I'm not trying to be hip here. Uh granted, I think I just think it just missed me, man. Like I'm not I'm at that age it was like 
I was too old for the books. I mean, people were reading it, but I was reading other stuff. I was a little too old. And then when the movies came out, I was just like, he's got the, what thing that kills me is that nobody dies in this, in the books, like in the early books and movies, like Harry Potter supposed to be this like crazy wizard with superpowers, right? The chosen one or whatever. He doesn't, he doesn't take his first, he doesn't stack his first body until like what? The, the end? That's, the, people were dying. It just wasn't him killing people. Yeah. And that's some bitch made shit. No, he's a hero. <laughs> Luke Skywalker. Okay. Let's, let's talk about Luke. Luke murked people like as soon as he got onto the scene. And that's why Skywalker blood is tainted. <laughs> Luke's out here killing stormtroopers left and right. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys have been watching The Mandalorian, but just like force crush, like smash. I mean, amazing shit. Okay, with the with the whole blood trooper thing. Um, yeah, I mean, how are we going to be a hero without t- stacking some bodies? It's not some OG shit. That's like some weak YA shit. <laughs> I, you got a wand and you can fly, bro. You're not going to kill somebody? We all know you would. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Way off on a tangent. I'm sorry. But back to hockey. How did we even get on that? Oh, Lord Voldemort. Yeah, so anyways. Yes, there have been many people who've broken bones, played through things. I mean, Mario Lemieux fractured ribs in the junior championships. Like, this is the stuff of legend, right? That, that these players have played through such a grueling tournament and season and played through injuries. Well, you know, I mean, there, there is one more, uh, moment of legend I'd like to bring up. Mm. Um, and it was about, a certain young man who finished a, a beer league game with a broken hand. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> how did that? How did that certain young man get this beer? This injury? Uh, he was a little too passionate. Uh, passionate? Are you sure? Is that is that the word choice you want to take <laughs> here? Because I'm going to say that this young man threw a tantrum and punched the glass. Is that what happened? I think that's probably a more accurate description. That is exactly. What happened? But I finished a beer league game with a broken hand. If that is not the epitome of hockey tough, I don't know what it is. So you're not helping my case here. Why? (laughs) The game was almost the lowest stakes possible, and I still played (laughs) through it. Okay. I mean, I was trying to open this conversation up to, like, hockey culture at large, and you just sound like a fucking meathead right now. <laughs> but yes, okay, fine, Polly, you were tough in doing that. And what was it? A boxer fracture you got? Yeah, broke it right here. Yeah, okay. So you got a boxer fracture towards the wrist, which is probably the worst place to have a boxer fracture. The fifth metacarpal. Yeah, okay. Um, you threw a tantrum and you, you hurt yourself. That's That's the worst part. When you when you throw a fit and you hurt yourself, that's just insult to injury. You know, it didn't hurt until I picked up my stick and squeezed it. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I fucked up. I didn't think you finished. I thought you immediately skated off. 
No. You did leave, though. Because uh, I was like, where are you going? I think I went to find tape because I wanted to tape it up. I thought that would help. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> back to the NHL. Uh, Alec Martinez, again, broken foot. It's happened before. And we have we see it every year. And it's pretty admirable, I think, that, uh, you know. Unless you're Pauly Copias. Unless you're Co- Punisher. He didn't do it throwing a fit, Pauly. In a beer league game. The cause is not the issue. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. <laughs> I just, I feel like this time of the year, it's like where I realize like how much these guys want it and how soft normal people are. Yeah. You know, take hockey players out of it. I mean, hockey, just to play the game of hockey is a painful process. You know, the, the, the number one thing I remember about playing hockey was how sore I was and, and, and muscles that I had never felt or even realized were in my body. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize pain could come from that area, from these areas. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having severe pain there as a kid too, you know, I'm like a kid. And then, you know, there's always the skates, right? Skates is always painful. You know about yeah. that. Yeah. 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 To an extreme. Yeah. And I learned, I learned early on that you got to pay a lot of money for skates or else you're going to be miserable. But add that to just actually getting slammed against the boards, you know, being hurt physically. And it's, it's just in a whole nother level of pain, you know? Um, I think that every player, Seems to have this happen, you know, have, have an injury when you play hockey. This is, uh, you, it's an injury prone sport. I mean, say it is an impact sport. It's violent. Things happen. Things that are completely out of your control generally, you know, are probably where you get the most injured, mm-hmm. you know, where you're, at, something happens, you catch an edge and you go awkwardly into the boards, whatever it may be. But, uh, I, I have, I do respect hockey players for that. I think that there are, and I've seen it, that there are people out there that say like hockey players aren't warriors and they're like, they're like, uh, forced to do this due to like toxic culture. And that I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how you can put this on, on the culture or hockey. Successful, highly successful people encounter all sorts of obstacles, if you will, mm-hmm. whether it be injury or not, you know, not just beating the opponent, you know, for instance, like in your, if you're, uh, if you work for an agency or if you work for a corporation, I mean, you have probably clients that you serve and, you know, those clients have, have issues that you have to deal with and then, you know, making, making them happy along with succumbing to internal pressures. I mean, it just feels like sacrifices need to be made to become successful in any, in any situation ever in life, always. Absolutely. And do you really think that humanity has become what it has because people didn't perform through discomfort and injury? Right. I think it's in our DNA 
to suck it up and perform. Sure. Uh, and so these things happen in varying degrees of severity all the time to humans. I mean, in what world is everyone healthy all the time? In what world do you think sacrifice is not necessary to get ahead? And the whole thing that's like, <clears throat> and, and a lot of the arguments that I see are, well, they chose to do this. You know, this is their livelihood. They are well paid. And that is all, all those things are true. But really, it's just like, how pretentious is your take that you're over out here like white knighting and defending these players and, and bashing the culture, quote unquote, and, and how, what is expected of these players? And you're not even in their shoes. Like, who are you to decide what is good for another person? Where is your ep- ethical and moral compass in the North fucking pole? Like where, which I guess that's probably where all compasses should point. But I mean, I don't get how, I mean, the, I just don't understand how, how someone from the outside can, can be so un, un- under- misunderstanding of the whole situation. Yeah. I mean, if, if a player came out and said, I've been through this. And there is undeniable pressure to play through it. Right. And it's unfair and it has damaged my health. That would be different. Sure. But if it's someone who hasn't been there, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. And they say that, like, the a lot of the takes I've seen are like, we shouldn't glamorize this in hockey or in, to, to hurt yourself. And possibly continue hurting yourself or make your injury worse to win or to be successful. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, man. It should be easy, comfortable. You know, you shouldn't have to give up anything to get what you want. Exactly. It should just be there, right there for you. Yeah, just for the taking, you know, the... Why isn't everyone successful? In fact, fuck it. They should just hand out the Stanley Cup to every team. Just kind of get it on a schedule. Right. You, know, you play the games. You don't, nobody gets hurt. We don't and, even keep score. Right. Yeah. Fuck it. We'll just start handing it out. Just every team gets it. And, you know, the Penguins obviously are going to have to get it like five more times than everybody else because the league loves them. But everybody will eventually just have it. Right. No hurt bodies. No hurt feelings. <laughs> Right. The new NHL motto. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I try to strongly consider everybody's standpoint on like almost all arguments because, you know, it's like know thine enemy, right? Right. Even if I automatically disagree with it. But it, this but, one. I mean, there's so many different points of view and experiences. Sure. Exactly. And I mean, you know, I think that even if you're, you end up coming back to the point that you like you, what you believe is right. Um, and you still believe that after taking into account everybody else's opinion and, and their perspective, that's fine. But, you know, I tried, man, I tried like, man, I mean, do you really think that it's a, I mean, the way that it's kind of, to me, the way this reads is like, it's a subliminal, like cultural thing, almost as if like you're going into the like Mormon church or joining a cult. This is how like people who are naysaying this, like believe that hockey culture is. Now we've covered in the past how hockey culture or how the, the bad things about hockey uh, and, and the few bad apples that do 
make the quote unquote culture or the hockey in general look bad. I mean, look at Chicago. Then the thing that's happened in Chicago is being brushed under the rug for a sexual predator who literally was let go from a team or released amicably quotes, air quotes, and went on to a junior team to assault a minor. I mean, this is terrible shit. Nobody's talking about that. But in the same time, like there's those hopefully, I mean, I don't know, but I would think that that's in the vast minority of like other positive things that the sport has done for people. And in my personal experience, hockey's done way more positive things than negative and it's taught me a lot about, you know, yeah, a lot about fighting through things, being tough and, and not giving up, especially in physical pain, extreme physical pain. Yeah. I, um, I notice, uh, not really to toot my own horn, but I, I've noticed there's people around me that don't handle pain as well. Yeah. And I really attribute that to playing sports. Sure. And hockey is the sport I've played the most. Right. And I think, I mean, it's human existence. Stuff is going to hurt. And you, and I understand things need rested. Right. But in your life, you're going to have to perform through pain. Sure. And I don't think there's anything wrong with a professional athlete deciding to play through his pain, lead the league in blocked shots in the playoffs. He was obviously very enthusiastic about it. This man was a consenting adult and did what he wanted to do. He didn't hurt anybody. He right. made he made his choice with his own body. I don't understand why people got to get upset about it. Yeah, and you know, there's the, and just to play devil's advocate here again, a different perspective. We don't know what goes on in a locker room. But I feel like in today's NHL, the conversation probably went like this. Head coach goes, trainer goes, you got a broken foot. Obviously, you can skate on it. You've shown us that. But I don't know, man. Like, it's your call. I don't feel like you should be out there. But Or maybe they didn't say that or whatever. But I would, I would assume that the trainer would be like, look, you know, this is fucked. We can do this to get you, try to get you back out there, or we can, no shame, no shame in, in sitting down. Head coach comes out, says, Alec, you playing or not? You know, obviously it'd be great if you could, but you know, you're having a good series, but if not, <clears throat> dude, don't, don't push it. Yeah. As a, as a coach of, you know, kids, high school aged, and I, I've seen this time and time again, kids get hurt. And I go, are you, can you go? Can you go? And I, I don't know. Maybe that's a leading question, but most, more often than not. And I'm, well, I've had it both ways. The, in, in big games, they say yes. And, and if they're really hurt or if they're exhausted or whatever, they say no. And that's the end of it. Yeah. That's the end of it. I'll come back later and say, how you feeling? You know, but that's about it. I feel like that's just how you should. I don't know. I don't feel that there's any pressure in saying no. No. And I think you've been told what the situation is. And then from there, it's your choice. Right. 
you know, I, I would assume something similar. The, the trainer probably said, here's what's going on, and here's your options. You can play through it. We can help you. Right. Or you rest. It's your call. And he's probably thinking, we got a real shot at winning this. I'm doing well. I'm going to suck it up. Right. I mean, that's what would be going through my head. Yeah. And, you know, now that I now that I think about it, I did have a player complain that and said, you had me play injured. And I was like, no, I didn't. You never gave me a doctor's note. Like, I don't even know. Are you injured? Like, you, I feel like you haven't been showing up to practice because you want to go, like, smoke weed. Yeah, I mean that gets. And that's kinda, the high school level. That gets like, that gets a little sketchy. I mean, it just like because he can say anything, right? But you know, you he should have had a doctor, right? And but like and you know when the, that's completely different from pro sports, right? Right, cause the because the doctor's right there. Right, exactly. There is we have a team doctor. They're going to tell you yes or no. And I mean, I don't know. Sure, maybe they, maybe those guys are prone to just ha- saying, "Yeah, you can play," but I don't feel. And I mean, Carcillo is probably the only one, and that was a head trauma injury. It's not like a broken bone. Completely different injuries. I think that we should put that out there. But he said, like, you know, his gripe isn't really against the the. Well, I mean, I feel like he's got a lot of gripes, but I feel like his main focus is getting the bad hits out of the out of the league. Yeah. Versus the culture and but I mean, he's all over the place, so who knows. I I think that these people should shut the fuck up and mind their business and worry about themselves. The ones that are saying like, "Oh, no, they're not warriors. We shouldn't glamorize this." But at the very base root of it, man, I mean, like, you go out and you win, and then you come out and say, I had a broken leg the whole time. Wow. You know, everybody's like, wow, that's crazy. Right. But in a good way? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it. I mean, it's it's an interesting topic, and, it, and, it, and it, I go back and forth on it, but I don't know. I don't know what's right or what's wrong, honestly. I, I But I think that... What is right is that people who are out of the situation on Twitter should shut the fuck up and, you know, realize that these are consenting adults who are well compensated. Not that it matters that much, but they made the decision. They were well informed. And uh, I respect people who play injured. Yeah, me too. You know, I mean, I think that anybody who's been in a locker room knows that if you're an impact player, you know, you're going to be leaned upon and and to gut it out is great additionally you don't really see a lot of like fourth liners being forced to play you know the the replacement level players are kind of in and out right so i don't generally see a lot of fourth liners saying like i i played through like 10 like a broken foot or a broken leg yeah yeah because they're in and out of the lineup pretty easily it's generally the impact players like Alec Martinez that come back early or whatever. Right. So that's enough for me. I'm not sure we really came to any resolution here other than people need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, 
I got a, a good example of how this isn't just a hockey culture problem and how it isn't just something being pushed at the NHL level. Okay. Uh, a young man who was starting quarterback for his high school team played <laughs> a state championship through a hip pointer, which apparently is a very painful injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out, Parker. Um, you know, when an athlete wants to perform, if they can, they will. Right. I mean, he finished the season actually with a hit pointer and a hairline fracture in his shin. Uh, Does he regret it playing in that those games? No, he healed from that. Yeah. He doesn't regret it. Sure. And I mean, you know, when you're young, things heal different, so maybe he'd have a different opinion if that happened to him when he's 30. Right. But, but yeah. I, I don't know. The, the the competitor in me says, like, you got to chase that glory when, the, you know, these times are fleeting and very rare. Yeah. You may not ever get a shot at this again. And, you know, if I have to walk around with a limp when I'm 50, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm on it. You know, shout out PJ. He played through a fucked up ankle, his state championship too. So, got a couple tough brothers. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so let's, let's, let's get some, let's get some snacks. All right. Mmm, it's snack time with Polly Cupcakes. So, you may not know this, but my attire was... Um, chosen for a purpose. Mm, yes. Um, so I'm wearing a Raider hat and the NWHL Pride shirt. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm talking about LGBTQ plus athletes. Um, <clears throat> you know, so before I get into that, I just want to say, you know, there's increasingly more athletes telling the world who they truly are. And so I'm doing this just to highlight a few of them. Um, most on this list are men. Uh, you know, I have no idea what any, any of these folks have to go through, but it still seems like there's a little more pressure on males to keep this to themselves. And that's just the reason why my list has some more men than women because um, I feel like female athletes are a little more open about it is all. Um, but that does not diminish from what they go through at all. Yeah, and anybody who has to hide who they are, you know, I, I, that's a, it's a heavy burden to put on anybody in any, much less a, a professional athlete who's in the spotlight of the public. Absolutely, and you want to talk about culture being a problem you know that's the main reason i'm doing this segment is that sports culture puts an unfair burden on athletes who are not of a traditional sexuality you know doesn't matter who you love it does not affect your ability to play a sport yeah no doubt and so you know the one thing that really brought this up um with well yesterday when this airs so uh, this is July 1st, um, it was the end of Pride Month, and 
Carl Nassib last week. It was Tuesday, I believe. He is a Las Vegas Raider defensive end. He's a Penn State grad. He holds season single records for the NCAA and Big Ten with 15.5 sacks in 2015. He also led the NCAA and Big Ten with forced fumbles. He was Big Ten Player of the Year, a consensus All-American. He won multiple postseason awards, um, one being the Lombardi Award, which is the player that best exemplifies the disciplines of Vince Lombardi. And he is the guy who the trophy is named after. So, right. <laughs> uh, like the Super Bowl trophy. So, yeah. that's quite, um, you know, it's a pretty big deal. Who did he coach for? He was a Packers coach. Right. Okay. Um, you know, he was a third-round draft pick of the Cleveland Browns. He's played five seasons in the NFL. He's got 143 tackles. Three forced fumbles, twenty point five sacks, and seventy three career games. It's pretty solid. Is that those? I sound like good stats. Those are very good stats, and so that's one of the reasons I put all that in there. Is if anyone were to have an archaic, mid medieval opinion about someone who isn't a straight man playing football, you can just shut up right now. Yeah. Because this man is an amazing football player. Sure. And his sexuality does not change that one bit. And he said in his statement that he hopes things like this never... He wished he didn't have to say this. Right. But until then, he wants to get the the news out there so that, you know, people see the representation. Um, and sure. you know, football has its reputation as a masculine, tough sport. Um, and, you know, and we all know that's, that's fake. That hockey's, <laughs> hockey's the real tough yeah. guy sport, which we just um, covered. But so, you know, he's, he's showing that, uh, no matter who you love, you can be tough. You can be masculine. And on that note, Gareth Thomas, he's a Welsh rugby player. He came out in 2009 he, uh, I, I didn't write down all of his accolades, but he is a very decorated Welsh rugby player. I remember he was on Sports Illustrated, and he's missing. He looks like a hockey player. He is missing <laughs> yeah. so many teeth. Just this big, bald, muscular, just oh, stud. Yeah. And again, who you love does not affect masculinity. Sure. Uh, Michael Sam, in 2014, he came out before he was drafted by the St. Louis Rams at the time. Yeah. Um, and then one more football player of note is Ryan O'Callaghan. He played six seasons in the NFL for the Patriots and the Chiefs. He retired in 2011. And, you know, to, to hit home on why I got into this segment, he said he dealt with suicidal thoughts and abuse of painkillers because he was dealing with being closeted in this culture of masculinity among athletes. Right. Or perceived masculinity, right? Right. I mean, but the, the idea that, you know, there, there's definitely people out there 
who are saying some very terrible things when they hear these guys express who they truly are. Right. And it's a shame because that causes guys like Ryan O'Callaghan to think about taking his own life. Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty shitty. It is. And, you know, so guys like Carl Nassib, or Nassib, I'm sorry, that is going to help the next generation or even current players who are struggling. Um, it's just really good to see people showing who they are so that people out there know they're not alone. Yeah, no doubt. Jason Paul Collins. What about he, Megan Rapinoe? Well, I was going to... Oh. I changed up a little bit. Okay. Um, he was the first NBA player to come out as gay, and he is from Home of the Capitals. He was a Washington Wizard. Um, Caitlyn Jenner did not come out as transgender until nearly four decades after. Right. But is a gold medalist and holds a record, world record, for the decathlon. Mm-hmm. Laurel Hubbard is set to be the first transgender Olympic athlete this year at Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And then I've got some very uh, legendary people on here when it comes to USA athletes. Megan Rapino, she is a superstar for Team USA Soccer. Right. She, I think, at the most recent FIFA, she won the... I don't know. It's like the, the MVP. MVP. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in in addition to all of her amazing accomplishments, her wife is Sue Bird, WNBA legend. She's second all-time in three-pointers. Um, I mean, between their pro and international career, they're heavily decorated. I can't think of, really, a more powerful power couple. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, I think Sue Bird is going to play for Team USA this year. Probably going to be her last because I think she's yeah. They're both kind of older, older stars for sure, but still got it. Obviously, is shown by Megan Rapinoe's uh, last outing. Yeah, and um, you know she's gotten a lot of love from the president Mm -hmm. and uh, Congress, like. Different Congress people. Sure. Is that the... Congress members. Yeah, Congress members. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then we've got three very interesting hockey situation or hockey couples here. Okay. And all three of these feature a former USA women's athlete and a former Team Canada athlete. All of these couples, they played against each other. (laughs) So, the most recent is Megan Dugan. She has been a captain for Team USA. She's got a gold medal, a couple silvers, and a bunch of other Team USA golds and silvers. Because, aside from the Olympics, it's been, at World Championships, a lot of back and forth. Right. On who wins gold and silver. Um, she married Jillian Apps, who is a three-time gold medalist for Canada. She's also a, a gold medal in roller hockey. Interesting. I saw that, and um, I'm sorry. I read the wrong paragraph. <laughs> that is somebody else. But they played against each other in Sochi and Vancouver. 
They got married in 2018 and had their son George in February of 2020. Julie Chu and Caroline Ouellette played against each other in four Olympics. Wow. 02, 06, 10, and 14. All of those went to Canada and Ouellette. Uh, Chu was a three-time silver and once bronze. And Ouellette is who played for Team Canada in line. So there's your sick roller hockey skills <laughs> coming out. Um, and they played together in 2017 to win the Clarkson Cup of the CWHL with Montreal. This is really interesting. Um, Ouellette was pregnant during the CWHL championship. And so not only did the couple get to win this championship together, they were pregnant. And then she had the baby in November, less than a month back on the ice. Wow. I mean, you want to talk about a stud. Yeah. Definitely resiliency there. Yeah. It's, uh, I can't imagine doing anything like that. I mean, (laughs) can you? No. No, dude. I can barely. I can barely play beer league right now. Exactly. Yeah. Let's I hit my finger with a hammer, and it's black and blue right now. And I'm. I'm like. I cried. Yeah. I. I hit my toe off my dog gate last night, and I thought I broke it. <laughs> my toe, not the gate. Right. I mean, just amazing. And yeah. uh, that's Serena Williams. I believe she won a Grand Slam while pregnant. That's crazy, man. You know, so in addition to what we're talking about here, you know, so much respect to female athletes who can create a human and win championships literally at the same time. Yep. I mean, amazing. And then the third couple that we have here is Jana Hefford and Kathleen Koth. And they played each other in 2016. Kathleen is the American. 16 or 6? 2006. I'm okay. sorry. Kathleen was actually one of the last cuts, her Brooks style, of 2002. Nice. So, um, you know, I think that motivated her for the next one. But she ended up with the 2006 silver medal. And she got a silver and a gold world championships and a silver and gold in the Four Nations Cup. And she is actually one of the co-founders of the CWHO, which no longer exists. Right. Um, but that ran for, I think, about 10 years. And Jaina, she's a five-time Olympian. She's actually one of the most decorated Canadian Olympians of all time. She ended up with four golds, one silver, and she had 12 world championships uh, appearances. And she has retired in 2015, but when she retired, in Team Canada history, she was second all-time with 267 games played, 157 goals scored, and 291 points. So to sum all this up... uh, I think it's crazy that these folks were in one of the toughest rivalries in hockey, and then they 
ended up in love. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. it's so romantic. It is. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think it's cool. And you know, this just goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the sta- uh segment. The your sexuality, who you're in love with has nothing to do with your ability to perform as an athlete. And I think it's good that we're getting more exposure because we're seeing that this is much more common than we thought. And I think it's important to clean up the language a little bit. I think it's good that hockey has cracked down on homophobic slurs. Sure. Um, Actually, that's one of the... It was Adam Fryer. So he's played for two different college teams, and he came out to both of them. And his teammates were supportive with him. But in an article I was reading, you know, he heard someone use a slur, and he was like, you can't say that unless you're gay. And I am. So. Right. And then that opened the dialogue. And, you know, it's just, it's really good to hear that in two different instances, his college teammates, and you would... I would think that college athletes, male college athletes, would probably be the worst offenders. Yeah. In this situation. Sure, and they're they're young. Not that that's an excuse, but yeah, they probably haven't been exposed to a lot of this, anyways. Right. And to hear it in the locker room, you know, it's uh, I don't know anybody who's ever been in a locker room probably heard a bunch of crude stuff. So not that it's right or wrong, or I mean, not that it's right really is is the point here but uh i yeah i mean to your point though paul i mean these like i'm glad that these people have come out and are comfortable in their own skin now and probably have the i mean a massive weight lifted off their shoulders and having to and letting everybody know that this is who they really are i mean imagine living like what is essentially a lie your entire life or through for this one group of people that you're with all the time. I mean, you know, when you're a college athlete, you're with the team all the time, every waking moment outside of class, you're with them probably. Uh, I, and you know what? I, I'm glad that this is happening. Personally, I don't give a shit who you fuck. (laughs) Have at it, man. Like as long as you're not hurting anybody else, go ahead. Who, I don't care who you love. Uh, I mean, unless you're a Penguins fan and, and you love the Penguins, it's it's terrible in my eyes. But <laughs> I can I can overlook even that, you know. So yeah. to me, it's it's uh, it, it's just a waste of energy to hate somebody like this when all they're trying to do is play. I mean, you should in uh, people's differences make so much more of an interesting dynamic, right? So like playing with people in sports and in everything else that I've ever done, really. I'm interested in knowing not what makes us similar, but what makes us different, right? I mean, you have strengths that I don't. I have strengths that you don't, like being an elite power athlete, having that (laughs) muscle composition. So, you know, things like that. This is what makes people stronger. This is why humans are better together. This is why we're a social uh, animal, you know? Like, I mean, it's just to hate somebody or to discount somebody's ability based on their sexuality is uh, 
a waste of time. It is. And um, uh, you said something, and I was going to retort, but I forget. <laughs> what was about that? Oh, how- so, you know, a big thing that a lot of people have an issue with hockey is a lack of diversity. Right. And, you know, if people were made to feel comfortable with being who they are, we might see that there's, albeit a different kind, there's there might be more diversity in the sport among our athletes than people realize. Yeah, I mean, we I've we I've said it before, being Asian and and going into other people into a hockey locker room. There's, I mean, I've played on maybe like two teams that had another minority in at all. Yeah, on the team, so. Just, uh, you know, celebrate your differences. Don't fight over them. Absolutely. Um, a few other people I saw in an article I wanted to mention, you know, so no NHL players have, mm-hmm. have come out. Um, but there are a few that have that are um, playing at higher levels. Right. Um, Stephen Finkel played for St. Thomas Aquinas in New York. A Division One referee, Brian Hicks. Gordy Mitchard, who's also a player and referee. An announcer for the FHL Elmira Enforcers, Jonathan Clement. Brock Weston, who played for Marion University in Indiana. And Zach Solifan, who plays in the EIHL, which the Euro Podcast Boys would be familiar with. Came out as bisexual. Um, and one really important person I think that people should look into is Brock McGinnis. He played some juniors. He played some semi-pro. Um, he came out in 2016 really being one of, if not the first, hockey player to be openly gay. And, you know, now he, he, he speaks, he tours and basically here's, here's his mission. I found this on his website. It's to create equal equality, regardless of sexuality, gender, or race, while focusing on the language we use and how we shift it to become more inclusive, to educate LGBTQ youth on loving themselves and developing strategies on how they can best accept themselves, to speak to all youth across North America and help them shift their language, treating others with respect, becoming a support system for LGBTQ plus youth. That is exactly what the Hockey Forever is for Everyone movement is pushing, right. what Brock McGinnis is doing here. Um, so while no current NHL players have made an announcement like this, there are people out there showing that they exist. And, you know, if you're someone who feels you have to keep your true self hidden, know that there are people playing the sport that have come out and showed you that you're not alone. Yeah. I mean, this this is a great game, and anyone can play. You know, you want to play, there's there's a way for you to play. Right. And, Absolutely. Uh, it's good to see that across all sports, there are 
gay athletes letting people know that they're here and a lot of them are succeeding and being uh you know a real force within the game absolutely absolutely yeah so you know i uh kudos to you folks no doubt keep playing for sure for sure and you know this isn't going to end folks so like i don't know if you're some if if there's anybody out there that's like you know naysaying this i mean get used to it <laughs> buddy <Yeah>. these are <laughs> these are people and their choices don't hurt you so right just accept your neighbors and you get on with your life exactly exactly i'll uh i i referenced uh, a few articles when i tweet this episode I'll put those articles in the thread. No doubt. Yeah, just so you can get a better uh, understanding of some of the things I may have fumbled through. Absolutely. Is that it? Yeah, that's what I got. Awesome. Well, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in and hope we we educated you a little bit or at least uh, piqued your interest on some of this stuff. Until next week, Give us a follow, subscribe, hit our social medias, chirp us, do whatever you want. Rate the podcast, five stars only. Five stars only. And until next week, we'll see you. Stay good. Hockey Troll Poly Cupcakes signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.